We're right to run. Red light now. Ready to run. They're all set and they're off and racing. The gates crash back in Wagga Wagga. Hello and welcome to 20 Minutes to Post, your racing podcast brought to you by the Sideline Heat Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nathan Keevan, and today I'm joined by Josh, but I've got to say Maxie's got the week off this week, so we've got to try and bounce back from what was a tough weekend at Rose Hill. Josh, how are you doing, man? Yeah, good. Uh, does Max know you've given me permission to come on this week? Yeah, he knows. He gave me permission to host, which I was surprised. I thought this is his baby. I know. So you've got all the power. Oh, I've got all the power, and we're going to. Talk, I'm going to talk about all big four Group Ones coming up this weekend on day one of the championships, and also talk about what was a bizarre sort of day at Rose Hill. On the well, weekend previous, uh, hard to find a winner. My best bet did salute. Max's was so unlucky with re-edit as well uh, over at Caulfield, which was a nice day of racing there as well. But let's jump into some of what were the features from last Saturday at Rose Hill and what was a pretty tough day, to be honest, well, for Maxie and I anyway. Uh, Tancred Stakes Day, obviously we had uh, in the Tancred Stakes, Sir Dragon, a bolts in over the 2,500 metres, which was a big surprise for me. Uh, Vinery Stud was taken out by Hungry Heart. That got over the top of a very gallant Harmony Rose, and we'll explain why in just a second. Uh, the Emancipation Nimbly with Rachel King on board, which was ironic because obviously Graceful Glamour, the second horse, J-Mac was on, but also one of Rachel's main horses. The Tullock was taken out by Yale Town uh, with uh, obviously uh, Waterhouse and Bot Stable. Looks like an interesting prospect going into this Saturday as well in the Derby. And then the Doncaster Prelude, taken out by Yao Dash, went to the front, kicked on well, and stayed on to win that race. Pretty comfortably as well, mind you, going into this week's Doncaster Mile. But Josh, looking at those five races, what was the one that really stood out to you as sort of the best performance of the of the weekend? Well, it has to be the Tancred, and because post-race, it seems so obvious. Hmm. At weight for age, over a mile and a half, usually the best horse wins, and really... Sir Dragonade was the best weight for age horse in that race. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Uh, hindsight is a beautiful thing. It was right in the market. It was right in front of our eyes and we missed it. Uh, we tend to do that sometimes because we look for some prices. Uh, for me, looking at the racing, and, and I know it sounds bad because we'll talk about the bias that we believe there was at Rose Hill, but Hungry Heart for me was super impressive winning uh, the Vinery Star. That's the other, obviously the other group one. Beat home a gallant Harmony Rose on a, on a track that, Definitely played on speed. So Hungry Hearts Group 1 win there really does need to be a big tick for that horse going forward. It does. But I will say Harmony Rose, there were three races over that distance on the meeting. That was the quickest time of all three. It was quicker than Yale Town and it was quicker than your best shared ambition yeah. on the day. So they were well inside standing. Harmony Rose did very well, even with the bias to hold on for second. A bit softer ride, and it probably does win that group one. Well, I, f- I feel like let's talk about Rose Hill, all right? Because I know we, we and we were talking about before we jumped onto the podcast in terms of our highlights. Let's talk about one of your quote unquote lowlights of the weekend, and that was the Rose Hill track. Sort of tell us why. Yeah, it was disappointing how the track played, and I've got a major reason why, and I believe it was because Max was on track. I last agree. Week. I agree. Max said he would be on track, and I feel like, Max, I'm sorry, but this is all your fault. It is your fault. It's not because the rail was out six metres a week after a goal and slipping me. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, yeah, so the rail was out six metres, and that was the big question by a lot of pundits. Obviously, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Do you have it back back in? Do we have it further out than just the six metres? Where do we place it? Look, I'm not a track analyst. I don't know where we should have the rail and how it should work, but it was clearly an on-speed bias, and it was signified by my best bet. Shared ambition goes forward in a race where I clear, I, I personally did not have it mapping leading. 
and had Entente in the race and, and also Master of Wine. With class, you would expect maybe a horse like that to go forward. And it ends up being shared ambition. Didn't expect that. And it ended up bolting and going pillar to post. Not really its sort of forte. And we saw some other horses like in the Tullock Town and a few others that definitely exceeded expectation by getting that bias, in my opinion. Um, whether or not, you know, let, so let me ask you then, with that, how do we look at the form going forward? Well, you've got to look at certain horses, like horses that came on strong late in races, like the most obvious one would have to be Nudge in the last, yeah. getting out way wide on the turn. But it was, it, I liked it in that race, but it just couldn't beat the track by. So it was flying home late in that race. So horses like uh, Young Werther and Cherry Tortoni, yep. there, there were a few, Impecunious, there were a few goods with Miami bound for a Sydney Cup. There's a lot, yeah. So there is form you can take out of the race. It's just disappointing that, there was an obvious bias on the day. Yeah, for sure. And even the Doncaster Prelude, Max and I both had back markers in Rock and Subda on top. It's just impossible to make ground. It's just really, really hard. Um, I think, like you said, there's definitely horses we can take going into this week and day two of the championships. Uh, But with that, let's have a look at your highlight for the weekend because you brought me an interesting piece of news and I think... We got a fan, we, I think we found a really special horse going forward. We have. Now, Query, it was a wet track on the day, but there was Almondi form running in Group 1 company in Japan on the weekend. Contrail, who was second to Almondi in the Japan Cup last year, and Gran Allegra, who had actually beaten Almondi mm. over the mile. They both got upstaged by a four-year-old filly in the Osaka High called Lei Papale, and it beat them by four lengths. Now, oh, I don't know it? if this is because of the wet track, mm. but this horse is undefeated now, yep. and it's obviously a horse to follow into the future. Yeah, I think it's an absolute star. I, mean, I, watched, I was watching that live, and I was taken aback. Obviously, when a horse does that to a very quality field, despite the wet track, I mean, it's got to be impressive, and you've got to t- uh, raise your eyebrows when you see that six well, for one six. of our favourite breeds, Deep Impact. Another Deep Impact, um, which, I mean, look, the, the, when you see that, you just got to give them a big tick. Um Look forward to seeing this horse going into the future. But speaking of future, we've got day one of the championships. Josh, we've got to bounce back from what was a very harsh Rose Hill the week before. It was. But let me give you the breakdown of what this track's looking like. We're back to Royal Randwick. It's a 10-race card. We're currently sitting on a heavy nine. I expect that to come back to maybe an eight or a seven, maybe a six if we get I'm lucky. I'm hoping soft. Yeah, at least soft ground. Uh, Where's the rail? Uh, the rail's in the true. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got the rail in the true position. Um, weather expecting a little bit of rain early in the day, hopefully trying later on. But before that, no rain expected on the Friday when this podcast goes to air. So hopefully we get a, around a soft condition. We've got four group ones to cover. We've got the size produce with Animo leading the market pretty dominantly. The Australian Derby, the TJ Smith, and the Doncaster Mile. Those are the four races that we are going to cover. And of course, not just you and I, Maxi was good enough to send through his tips to me. So we'll get his perspective, or a little bit of his perspective, on, based on what he's tipped at the end of each race as well. So with saying in saying that, let's go race book order. We'll jump into the size produce. And Josh, obviously, Animo leads the market here pretty comfortably at around $1.90 now. Captivant around 10 to 1. Lightsaber, 9.50. Tiger and Malay, 9.50. And, then we're, and also four moves ahead at 5.50 as well. Everything else sort of out of the market, not so sure. But... Based on what you know about this race and sort of the form lines going forward, how do we how do we evaluate this one? Well, I'd love to tip some value on top, but unfortunately for this one, Golden Slipper form seems to be the best form leading into this race, and that's the way I've read the race. And I just think Animo is one of the surest bets on the card at this stage, doesn't it have to be? It's two thirty into a dollar ninety. The eye catcher from the slipper 
should suit going up to 1400 I've got Abbott on top. A saver, though, if there is going to be an upset, I really like Captafon. I mm. liked his run in the slipper. Mm. And it was sort of, it got squeezed between runners late. And I think the trip up to the 1400 should suit as well. Other horses, Halal and Tiger and Malay. But I'm really, I think Animo wins this race. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Animo goes on top for me. Uh, no, I know it's even money. And if you want to play, you've got to take it now because I don't think you're going to get any better than even money. Uh, depending on where you're shopping. Animo wins for me, one of the best of the day. I'm not going to bank it my best. It's just too short uh, in the market to be making it a best of the day material. But of the group ones, I think this is maybe the easiest to assess. In my opinion, obviously, on the day things happen, bad luck happens, but I think only bad luck beats this horse. Interesting that J-Mac gets the ride. Rachel King, unfortunately, gets dropped off, which yeah, is unlucky for her. It is. Um, but look, Animo for me wins. Captivanta, I'm with you. I think that, again, you look at the slipper form, it always runs well going into a size. Uh, Tiger Malay in for third. And then I think Lightsaber as well can run a bit of a bold race as well. And so to finish off, before we move on, I've got to tell you guys what Maxi likes in this one. He's actually sent me a message. He says, boys, I'm not so keen on Animo. Uh, I reckon it's time to jump on a little horse called Lightsaber. And I don't see why not. You're getting $9.50. We should say his form line won last week was safe. Yeah, exactly. Winning. Yeah. So the form lines hold up there. It has, for sure. And also uh, we got, uh, uh, what's it called? Paul Ailey or Paul Ailey earlier yeah, in the day as we well. Do. So we might get a bit of an indication how good that form is in that race. So lightsaber goes on top for Maxi. He's also likes uh, Animo in for second, fair enough, and also Tiger and Malay. And that's how we see the size projects. But now let's jump into a very competitive derby. Uh, I think it's a very, very good race. Uh, Montefilia leads the market around three dollars fifty. Uh, Lions Raw eight fifty. Rocket Spade nine bucks. Skylab five dollars. Josh, tell me where are we looking for the form lines here? Obviously, Yale Town on the week back up. You're getting sixteen to one. Is that a stupid price? What are we looking at? Well, I will say the last four winners of this race have come from the Tullock. The Tullock. So. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm not going to play that form line this year, though. You know it's an open race when the filly's the favourite in a derby. Mm. So, But I have I know the form hasn't been great with them coming over, but this horse might just be the class above. Draws inside. I'm with Rocket Spade mm. on top in the derby this year. The Kiwis have a good strike rate in this race. It loves the wet track. And I know it will run the mile and a half. Yep. That's the key. There's a few in this race that won't run it out. I know this horse will, so I'm happy to put Rocket Spade on top. For second, man, Montefilli is a good horse. I just, 370 a bit short for a derby, but definitely a, a hot chance to win this race. Third, Lions Raw. Hmm. Nothing wrong with Lions Raw's form. It won the Randwick Guineas. The Rose Hill run was really unlucky. It had to sustain that run from the 800, and I think it will run the distance out. And then for fourth, Skylab. Yep. I mean, that's fair enough. I'm with the filly here. I think Montefilia is a very good bet, around $3.70. I know it's, it's probably teetering on short enough at the price, but I think she's just very, very good. And so I'm happy to put her on top. I'm with you. Rocket Spade's the very interesting runner here, the Kiwi. Um, she, you know, could come over and, uh, pardon me, could come over and just be special. Kieran McAvoy's booked the ride. That's always a big tick. Um, I feel like it, it could be the one that's, 
specking in the market late with with the wet track as well. So he's around nine dollars right now. I feel like that'll come in. Play around, you might get better odds right now. Exactly. So, uh, but for me, Montefiore just on top in front of Rocket Spade. Uh, line draw for me as well. I think eight fifty is fair enough. And then if you want one at a bit of a price, I'm happy to forgive the frontman from the Talic. The one you had last week as your best bet of the day. Tough. Definitely dropped out and was disappointing. But I think back on the wet track. Happy to let it go around $26. I think that's a very nice price. I was disappointed to hear, though, that the, the trainers came out and said that there was no excuse from the run. Mm. There wasn't anything wrong with the yeah. horse. So. Maybe a bit of telling porkies, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully maybe. For, for, for our sake. Because I'm definitely one that, that's definitely one I want to be playing on a bit of an each-way basis as well. Uh, Maxi, he likes Rocket Spade as well. He's his on-top pick. Um, Skylab in for second and Yaletown he believes that form one will stack up Yaletown to run out the 2400 metres on the week back up from the Tullock and I understand why hard to leave the Tullock form out knowing like you say that form seems to win this race on a regular basis now let's jump into race 8 a very very interesting race uh, the TJ Smith um, obviously disappointingly Hawbury on her for Jamie Carr she's been uh, has been scratched, so that ride is null and void. Now we have a 10-horse field led by Nature Strip in the market around $3.60. Eduardo's been super impressive and done nothing wrong, $4.20 as well. Bivouac, four forty. Those are the three market leaders. But, Josh, where are we looking here? Well, the first time I came on the pod, I tipped this horse to win a Group 1 and it didn't let me down, so why fall off that horse? <laughs> I'm going to stick with Mars Crusader. Mm. Now, I understand William Reed form's not usually great form yep. for a TJ Smith, but I was just taken aback by that run. It destroyed them in that race. It did. Um, and 8 bucks, I'm willing to pay that price. I wish Pikey came up to ride it, but you're getting a good jockey and Kieran McAfee on that anyway. So I'm able to put Mars Crusader on top of him. I like him. The run from the race was actually September run. Mm. So... I have to put the three-year-old in for second. And then for third, Eduardo. Eduardo's done nothing wrong. It won the regular lead-up to this race. It destroyed them. It won by three and a half lengths, mm-hmm. beating a quite a good field. And then in for fourth, I'll put in good old nature strip. But I'm happy to play away from the favourites in this and have Masu Sader on top. I'm with Musk Crusader as well. I, I'm with you. You're absolutely right when you've tipped it on top and the William Reed. Max and I gave you a big shout out for that. Um, and look, I was I totally agree. I, I loves the track, loves the distance, wet track's good. I think everything big massive ticks there. And I think the key is that we're gonna get two horses here, Nature Strip and Eduardo that we saw in the challenge stakes went toe-to-toe with each other and kicked clear of the rest of the field. That field's not as good as this. This field is far better, in my opinion. And I, I think agree. that is why those two horses, for me, are a little bit of a slight knock with them. I'm happy to leave them out just because I think they're going to kill each other up front. Um, I'm absolutely all over Mars Crusader as well. Uh, very, very good bet at around the 7 bucks. In for second, I'm actually with Dirty Work here. Done nothing wrong. Its run in the Galaxy was one of the best out of the race. It was a good run. Absolutely phenomenal. I know it got beat by Eduardo by around five and a half lengths, but I'm happy to go to 26 to one, happy to play that in the multiples. If it starts to dry out, Libertini comes into my numbers as well. Uh, and also, I know I agree, September run, um, based on the William Reed form, got to have it in. So I'm also staying away from those favorites. I think they're just hard to have here based on the fact that I think they can burn each other off. Um, I would like to say, um, if Bivouac does win this race, they're probably setting up a Royal Ascot run for him. Oh, interesting. Yes. Wow, that would be very interesting. I hope they do that because you obviously you want to see some of our class horses go over and, and challenge for those big uh, Group 1 races 
in in England and the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, well, the last one to go over there, I think, was Brazen Bow. Yeah, and it was very unlucky in the in the Queen Stand. Is that right? No, it was in the uh, Diamond Jubilee. Diamond Jubilee, that's the one. But um, Maxi, what's he got? He says, Nathan, you're wrong. Eduardo, it's going to kick. It's going <laughs> to kick clear off Nature Strip. It'll win this race. Uh, Dirty working for second, so and Mars Crusader is well in for third. So he sees our, our bigger price multiples as well as a big chance, but he's with Eduardo, and I agree with him. No knock on Eduardo in terms of just how good he's been going. Um, I'm just going to hope for a, a bad run on the day and maybe one where they get burnt off. Um, Notice you and I didn't have Bivouac in the numbers. No, we didn't. Why? Just curious. Well, he had a, he had a poor run last night. You could flop it, and he has freshened up. For this race, but and he and he, he does have really good third up form. I don't know. I I don't know why they took Boss off the horse and put Bowman on. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Just I will a- say there was a horse that went over there and won from Australia. It was Merchant Navy. Yes, but it, it did go. It was with a no Brian Stable when it won. That's right. Yeah, it was obviously bought, wasn't it? So yes, by Cornwall. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, look, I just think Bivouac's an interesting one. Like you said, going forward, if they do go to a Royal Ascot, not in our numbers here. So I just think that's an interesting one that I think people, will the market calm $4.40? It has so far. $3.60 for Nature Strip. So I think I feel like Nature Strip's the one that's going to blow out. I think there's going to be some some more runners coming like a Mask Crusader based on uh, what we've talked about. So we'll have to wait and see going forward there. Let's jump into our final group one on the day. We've got the Doncaster Mile headed by Mugatu, obviously, after its win in the All-Star Mile at Mooney Valley. They're saying that's the form line. You're getting $4 for the rest of the field. This race is clearly the most open of the day, provided you can get the favourites money. Um, where are we playing around, Josh? What, what, what do you got on top? Well, speaking of favourites, the favourites don't have a great record in a Doncaster Mile. I mm. think the last one that might have won it was like Winks or Happy Clapper, one of those two, but... Yeah, just favourites don't have because it's handicap conditions. They just they just don't win a lot of these mile races at Randwick. But talking about forgiving a run, if I can forgive one run for this horse, it's undefeated. And I'm going to give the three year old chance. I'm going to tip Aegon on top mm. to win a Doncaster Mile. And I just realised I've tipped Kieran McAvoy on top three races in a oh, row. No. So that scares me. Oh no. But no, I'm happy to put Aegon on top of the double-figure price. I, I loved its run in the Hobart, Phil. And then the track was probably a bit too firm in the Randwick Guineas, and it's won a trial since, and this horse loves racing freshened. Mm. So I'm happy to put it on top. The three-year-old, three-year-olds have a great record in Doncaster Miles. The second on with Aphilius, hard not to re-watch that. Uh, George Ryder run, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, oh. oh, my best of the day. I thought he was going to come through and win like a good thing. But... He, he should have too if Nash gave it a more cosy run in behind him. But if not three-year-old form, then George Ryder form is usually the best form for a Doncaster mile. So Aphilius in for second and in for third, the stablemate Cascadian. Yeah. We were all over both these horses and the George Ryder and they did nothing wrong to follow. And then for fourth, the favourite Mugger too. 
I don't think he'll run bad. I just don't have him on top at the price. Yeah, and I think that's fair enough. I'm, based on everything that I know about the Doncaster Mile, I'm happy to look at the wait-for-age form and see where they land going into a Doncaster. And the best wait-for-age race going into this is clearly, for me, the George Ryder. Correct. And for me, Cascadian, Jamie Carr gets her Group 1 here. I actually had her on top on Hawkbury on her before the scratching. Uh, full disclosure there. So maybe I'm sort of leaning into some biases <laughs> here as well. But look, Cascadian, for me, was clearly... with. Avilius was the best run without luck, but the best run was Cascadian. And you're getting a massive kilo um, a weight swing on Avilius. Three kilos, About three I kilo think. swing. So I'm really happy to play Cascadian here around 14 to 1. I think that's a ridiculous price. And I think there's a few here at a big price we can play around. Avilius as well, for me, goes in for second. I just think the Godolphin Blue here are going to own this race, Cascadian and Avilius. I think flip a coin for which one you think goes on top. The only one that only reason I had cascading on top in front was barrier and weight so those were the main two key reasons and obviously the gear change with jamie carr on um <laughs> so cascading on top avilius in for second uh and then sort of i agree mugatu i think is got to be in your picks um if you're being serious about how good it's going and, and i mean it's when the all-star mile was just breathtaking and the one that i'm going to throw in my, into my multiples is the one that now gets a uh, gets a run with the scratching of gem song and that's ice bath that's a good story, isn't it? A, that they finally made the race. It would have been shattering if it didn't. Would have been absolutely heartbreaking for Connections of Ice Bath had it not gotten a run. It gets a run, and I think it's a massive shout. You're getting 21 bucks. I think it'll run a bold race. Wet track. On, on the wet backup with a wet track. I think it's key. It would have run, a, uh, I believe it was the Manta Patient it ran in. would have run a lot better if uh, the, the track was a bit more fair. It was. My, it was one humble. of the better runs of the day behind them, Malou. Yeah, so I think it's the Overs horse. Um, and obviously, I've got to share some love with I'm Superman. He's one of ours. Um, and I hope it runs a really good race as well uh, in the Donny. But let's jump into Max's picks. I know he is very, very keen on Mugatu. Uh, he puts that on top. Uh, and what is obviously a very, very hard Doncaster mile. And I do I do think it's interesting that we only have the top weight at 56 kilos. Yeah, that is. And usually it's about 58. Yeah, usually you're sort of peaking the scales a little bit higher than that. But 56 kilos to the rest of the field hasn't got to give them a stack of weight. So that's another reason Mugatu is obviously a top chance. He's got Iron Superman in for second. Uh, I would have had it in my numbers if not for me believing it's going to be a wet track yeah, on the Donny same. Day. I'm the same. The wet track was definitely trepidatious for me. And then in for 30, he's got Forbidden Love, one of my ones, uh, which I have actually left out of my numbers. The three-year-old filly. Yeah, the three-year-old filly. Um, she's you know she's going great guns, and at a price, she might be able to run a bit of a bolter. Um, so before we end the podcast, we've got to get into some best bets, some value bets around the grounds, or maybe in some of these key races as well. Uh, I'll start with Maxi. We'll get Maxi's out of the way. Uh, in race three in the country championship race, he's actually got his value runner of the day, Plonker, the top weight. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Uh, interesting one. It won the open grade at Musselbrook going into this one. It's got some really nice form going back to like Prime Candidate and Prime Star and a few of those uh, back in its form line. I had a quick look once I saw that was his value runner. I believe it's 17 to 1, a very nice price. Max has tipped us into that one. And then his best of the day, he's gone to the last. Uh, he's got number two, Makura. Jamie Carr on board. I love this uh, this horse and this connection. Um, a little, little, little nod to you, Maxie. I really like this horse. I think it's going to run a bolter in the last race. Against one of his, though, that every rose and also never talk. So a few interesting runners in that race as well. But he's got Makura on top as his best bet on Saturday. Josh, what about you? My best bet is early, and I'm hoping we win early. In the Carbine Club race two, I'm all over the Irishman. Yep. 
I just loved its run second to Hungry Heart, who's gone on to win the Group 1 now. Yep. It's had a bit of a freshen, ran third in a trial. And I actually think, a bit like Harmony Rose, it just did too much work on speed on a fast tempo. Draws barrier five, can just sit behind the lead. There's only one horse, really, that scares me in the race, which is Wheelhouse, but I'm happy to make the Irishman my best of the day. Okay, so we've got your best of the day. We're going with the Irishman. What about your value? Is there a horse we can find around the grounds, maybe at a bit of a price that you want to chuck in to let us know, maybe a little bit of a spruik on this one? Yeah, I'll give a little spruik. Not as confident, but in the Adrian Knox, which is a traditional weak backup lead-up for the Oaks, mm. I've landed on a horse called Star Point. Ooh, okay. At one last start, and a, an interesting stat is the last few years, the winner of this race has come from a Kembla Grange mile race. Interesting. And this is where this horse comes from. Two starts back, it was seventh to Mirafield. Mm-hmm in the group three, and then it won at the mile last start. Okay. Now it jumps up to 2,000 metres. Glenn Boss rides. You're getting about $14. I think that's a fair each way play in that race. Oh, I very, very much agree with you there. We'll have to have a look at that race going forward. For me, uh, we're going with my value, I'll go with my value selection on top first. We go with in two race five. Fuck, can I talk? Race five, the <laughs> chairman's quality. Uh, number two, another Kiwi runner here called Concert Hall. Glenn Boss on 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 board this one, uh, and, and I just think Melody Bell form in this race I can't ignore. Uh, you're getting fourteen to one. Um, draws perfectly. I think it'll run the trip. That's probably my only query. But the wet track's a big tick as well. It is. Uh, Concert Hall, I think. He's a very good each way player around the 14 to 1. And then, oh my God, Max is going to kill me. Josh, he's going to kill me. He's going to think I've cheated. Max, I swear I didn't cheat. I swear I didn't cheat. I went through the form the night before you sent these through, but I'm with you, man. Race 10, number two, Makura is my best of the it day. It is a good chance. You're getting really $6. I think it's overs. It um, is. One at Mooney Valley. Uh, about, um, about a month ago now. Yeah. Um, so a bit of a let up. A bit of a freshen up. And, and this horse loves to be fresh. Um, Mara and Eustace are flying at the moment as well. I think they brought this thing up for a reason, and I think it runs an absolute Loves the wet. Oh, I, just, I think it should just run a great race. And, and at Randwick, happy to play. The only query is barrier two if it's getting a bit choppy, but hopefully we can get a good sit and it'll run a very, very good race. Josh, we've gone a little bit over as tradition on this podcast, but thank you so much for joining me on this show this week. Appreciate it. No, I'm glad I could stick with tradition and make sure this show goes <laughs> over its allotted time. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And as a great man once said, good luck on the pun. We're right to run. Red light now. Ready to run. They're all set and they're off and racing. The gates crash back in Wagga Wagga. 